And to Jesus be the praise. This is going to be a beautiful program today because I have Chad with me today. This is the first time he ever sits down. He's always working back here in the control room that we built. So you have questions for me today that I think probably everybody else has the same questions. So your questions are probably the questions of other people. But I want to just say thank you for being my partner. I really mean that. You have no idea how much we love doing this. Please tell them how much. Oh, really? Please. It's a, it's a high joy. It's a high joy. I mean, we, we yeah. started in March of 2020. Yeah. This is October almost of 2021. Yeah. October 1 will be on Friday, right? Yes, sir. That's tomorrow, my goodness. So think about over a year and a half, what is it, something like that? Yeah. Well, close to it. And it's been daily, and we've loved every second of it. I never thought I would last this long. And we started out with a... And we started with a little phone. Little phone. And now we have <laughs> a studio with three cameras, and we love it. Yeah. And um, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're going to do today. Thanks. We thank you for what you've done, and how many lives you've blessed. And I pray you'll bless many, many more as we go on serving you with love and joy in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. One thing I want to say about this young young man here, he loves Jesus. And that's why, you know, he's around me because, uh, you know, I've had different people work with me over the years. And I'm going to tell the whole world, I've never seen anyone love the Lord like this young man here. I mean, truly, he is, he's totally, he's totally in love with with Jesus in a way that's very moving. And I'm grateful to the Lord for sending you and you've been with me now. How long you've been with me? Oh, just over two years now, sir. Yeah. And it's been he was he was going to uh Jesus school. That's how we met. That's my children's school here in Florida and Orlando. And I walked up to you and I think I gave you a, a word or something from what I recall you said. And then next thing you know uh, God did this, and here you are. You know, coincidentally enough, sir, the word you gave me is about what you've been talking about this week, evangelism. You said, I don't know what you have planned for your life, but God's going to use you in evangelism. And so now you're talking about it today. <laughs> and we come from the same from the same part of the world. You know, he's from Jordan, I'm from Israel, and we sometimes, sometimes speak Arabic. Yeah. We're not good at the language anymore. <laughs> I think I'm better than him. Your Arabic oh, yeah. really needs help. <laughs> but the important thing is how much you, you love Jesus, and I love oh, that. Okay, you, so you got questions for me today. Can I, about evangelism? Yes. But, oh, i got to brag on you real quick. No, no, I don't want you to, to I do have to no, say. No, 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 Chad, don't. I've never seen in my life anyone more dedicated to the Lord Jesus and dedicated to his work. Why are you saying that for? Because it's the truth. I remember one time where we were taping, and you know, I had never, you know, done production or anything like this before, and it's been amazing. He did not, you know what? He did not know any of it. He did not know even how to run a camera when he came. <laughs> it's true. And and now he's learned to do yeah. do it all and more. It's amazing. But I, I'll never forget, you know, when we got here to Florida, we had been doing it for some time, and you know, I was just going with the flow, and it was my, you know, this is really my first time in ministry, and and it was a a time where you really drew the line in the sand for me, and you said, Chad, 
are you going to take this seriously or not? And I'll never forget it. I know you know. I know you remember what I was talking about in the in the old place. Yeah. Uh, and you just showed the love you have for that the was Lord. in Cali, I think. It was here in Florida. When, oh, right Florida. When we first oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And you know, I being young, you know, I have make mistakes, and Pastor Benny's been so gracious to me. And he's really been such a mentor and a father figure to me, and I'm so grateful to the Lord as I am. I'm sure he is to many of you. Um, but what you said to me stirred a fire in me. And lit a fire in me to know that this is holy. What has been happening these last few months, these last few years at this point is holy. Uh, that you've been going every day to the people of God, strengthening them. And we're seeing videos now of people translating your messages. You know, that is joy. amazing. I just saw uh, <laughs> what uh, you, you showed me, one yeah. or two of them, that they're translating what I'm doing here in different languages, <laughs> like one in India, I think it was. Incredible, yes, sir. In Hindi, yeah. Well, anyways, thank you for what you've said, but yeah. let's get to the questions. Let's do it. Okay, you well, go. Well, thank you, sir, for the opportunity again. And I, I want to ask you first, you know, you've seen a whole lot. You've been a Christian for 50 years. I got to know, at least, just to start off, I'm sure many people want to hear this. Okay. Give me one awesome memory you have in evangelism when you were young. One on one, or even recently, one on one is in India. I was when I went to India. It was in Bangalore, and this dear woman and her husband, very famous actor, and uh, dear Gul Kripalani, who was the host for the crusade, uh, said, "Would you would you meet with these these people who want to come see you?" So they came one evening to the hotel, and uh, I did not know that they had never heard the name of the Lord, not wow. one time. And I'm thinking they at least know some of the gospel. So I begin talking about the Lord. And the lady, very elegant, uh, educated in, in, in the UK, she stopped me. She said, who are you talking about? <laughs> and th- this was like after five minutes of me talking. And I said, Jesus? She said, who is that? And that was the first time in my life I was talking to someone who knew zero, nothing about Christianity, the Lord, never heard his name, one time in her life. And what was shocking is she was brought up and educated in England. Wow. So here is a Christian country that she lived in and never heard the name of the Lord. Wow. Same with her husband, who was a very famous actor in India and so I had to go from the very start and that was not that's not the way I have done it with crowds because with the crowds you start with what the Bible says and they already know many of them know it from children you know from you know childhood and they've they've at least heard the name of the Lord right now I'm talking to somebody and his wife uh, the two people who never heard so I had to go right back to the beginning it was not easy and because I had to explain everything, I had to go back in history and talk about Israel and this and that. And then I came to, you know, talk about this this amazing miracle. One day a baby was born, and you know, had to explain the whole Old, Old Testament, the New Testament to her. And she was glued the whole time. And finally, when I finished, which was a long conversation, and I said, "He rose from the dead." And she stood up, she and her husband stood up, and she said, can you take me now to meet him? That's 
because I had just talked about how he died on the cross mm-hmm. and he rose from the dead. I said, no, no, ma'am, uh, because she didn't let me let me finish. I said, but because before I could say he ascended on high, when I said he rose from the dead, she got up and she said, can we go meet him now? And I said, well, he's not on earth, he's in heaven. And then, you know, when I was all done talking, she looked at me, she said, that is a miracle. I said, yes, ma'am, salvation is a miracle. And what a joy I saw on her face. The people of India, when I've been there, are the most, uh, how shall I say, uh, they respect the presence of God. They revere wow. the presence of God. Wow. So when I was there, three million people sat on the, on the grass and not one person moved. Not one person talked. There was hush quietness on that field. I never had that in all my life. So that, I would think, was the uh, high point of witnessing to someone. Now, if you want to know about the, the, the altar calls, which was the greatest altar call I've ever given, okay? That probably, uh, again, it was overseas, mm-hmm. and it was in South America. Wow. When I thought the crowd would tear the platform apart, the hunger, the hunger for the Lord. And I think it was Brazil where it was intense crying, intense hunger. And I was, it was very moving. But I've seen, I've seen, I mean, I've seen the greatest uh, crowds probably, uh, most people that most have seen, because I've seen probably more. But the greatest moment of any service was that beautiful time when people were saved. You know, I did not know he would ask me any of this, so I still don't know what the next question is. But I want to say this, which I said a few days ago. Thank God for Franklin Graham, because Franklin Graham was the one who talked to me about focusing on, the, on, on souls. Wow. And he said, if you focus on souls, God will focus on you. And he reminded me how many people in the healing ministry did not last long and because they did not focus on souls on salvation they focused more on healings physical healings and that was a, an amazing day for me and I thank God for him and his dad Billy Graham was an amazing man of God and how he's touched all of our lives okay you want to ask me something yeah, else yeah thank you and I, I, I truly believe that's the souls are the burden of the Lord There is no greater burden on the heart of God if you look at the scriptures. The whole Bible is a cry. The whole Bible. God Almighty crying out that humanity accept his love. Uh, uh, Adam, why, why would God create Adam? Because love has to be shared God is love, but his love had to be shared with someone. And that's why he created man, to share his love with man. And God put the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden that he, what he would see, which would he, would he choose? Would he, would he choose to love me or reject me? 
because that is why the tree of life was there. Had he chosen the tree of life, Adam would have said, I love you forever. But he chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he loved himself more. Because it says the tree was good for food, something that he desired to make one wise, he desired. So when he focused on himself, everything was, was, was lost. But how amazing, think about this, that God already had a plan in place for Adam's salvation because he promised him redemption and for his seed, we, the children of Adam, humanity. That is a cry for love. So loving Jesus is the greatest thing we can do for him. He loved us first. But why would he love us? Because he's pure love. So the cry for souls is a cry of love. Wow. The love of God is crying out through us. So when we say to someone, Jesus loves you, God is crying that love out of us. So when we say, tell them about Jesus, we're not saying go tell them about some religion. We're saying tell them about the love of God. People are created to be loved. And if they're not loved, they die. They die in their hearts and then eventually die physically. You know, they put a monkey uh, away one time. They took a monkey away from his mom in a zoo, which this is a true story. They took a monkey out of the cage from where his mom was, put him alone, and he died. The little monkey died. Wow. And there was nothing wrong with him. They took him away, and he died because there was no love. If a monkey needs love, how much more we as human beings need love? And today, like I said, I think yesterday, we have six needs in life. What are they? What's the greatest need in our life? Love. We, 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 we look for it ev- everywhere. We search for it. Everybody. Even the, the most hedonistic people search for love. Even the atheists. The second need we have is recognition. Someone please recognize me. Don't ignore me. The, the, the third need we have is security. I want to feel I'm loved, I'm secure, I'm wanted. Right? Yes, sir. And the fourth need we all have is self-esteem. Hey, I'm important. Don't treat me like I'm not important. And number five, let me talk. Expression. I want to talk to somebody. Number six, no experience. Every one of these is met only in Jesus. Not in humanity. Because only Jesus gives us love. Only Jesus loves us. And only Jesus recognizes who we are. And only Jesus gives us security in life. And only Jesus makes us feel important. Imagine, the Bible says, we're accepted in the beloved. That's, I'm important. Seated in heavenly places in Christ. Wow, I'm important. I'm seated with him. That's really important. (laughs) Wow. And I have the chance to talk to him we all have a need. Let me express myself. Most people have no one, no one to talk to. And they can't be healed. Dr. Rambo, who wrote We Shall Behold Him, told us, told my wife and I, 
how her dad had mistreated her when she was young. And then he died. And she was crushed by the fact she did not have the chance to talk to him before he died. Mm. About the way she felt about him. And she, after they buried him, she imagined him on an empty chair and had to get all that anger out of her. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, how amazing we all have that need in us. That we're, even if the, if the person isn't there, we're talking to an empty chair. I heard people who used to talk, many of them still do, to a picture of a loved one who's gone. Because they have a need. Some talk to themselves. Right. We've seen that happen. Yeah. Why? Why, you know, yesterday, uh, Chad was, was pointing out people who were on, on, on the highway. And, and you, you had said to me, look at all of them. Out of all the cars that were passing us, nearly all of them were on the phone. Yes, sir. Yeah. What, 80%? At least 80%. We're talking on their phone while driving because people have a need to talk. That's why God says, come unto me. I will answer you. <laughs> it meets that need. Wow. Prayer isn't just about prayer. Prayer meets a need in me, sorry, meets a need in us that now I can talk to someone who's listening. Not someone who doesn't want to hear me. Okay, third question. You're, you're, you're hitting something. So I, I didn't think I'd be you, saying all this, but anyways. You're saying that we can talk to someone. Yeah. So what you're saying is that we were truly born for relationship exactly. with God. Exactly. This is our prize. Yeah. This, and from that place is the heart posture I'm sure you've had as you've evangelized, as you've lived, to go out and preach the gospel to the world. Preaching the gospel is the greatest privilege and also the Bible tells us very clearly, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. So preaching the gospel is a great responsibility for for us believers. We will be judged when we get to heaven on whether we have shared the gospel or not. Not just preachers, everybody. Wow. Because it says we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And, and the Lord said to us, he said, don't call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you. And notice in Matthew 7, where he says, many will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. We have brought healings and miracles and signs and wonders. Not one of them said, I preach the gospel. <laughs> not one of them said, I preach the gospel. Wow. So he says, depart from me. You that work iniquities. Why? They were not meeting the burden of his heart. Wow. They said, well, we prophesied in your name. We've done all these wonderful things in your name. But not one of them said, I preach the gospel. And, and the Lord, when he talks about the talents, you know, it's about salvation. So he gives a man five, and he gives a man two, and he gives a man one talent, remember? And the man with the five came back. I've got more. It's about souls. I have done more for you in winning more people to the kingdom. The other one with two. 
there's more souls. It's not about money, it's about souls. But the one guy said, well, I hid it and, you know, there it is, take it back. And the Lord said, you wicked servant. And he was thrown out with the unbelievers for not seeing, not the job. He didn't see the heart of God. He said, well, I thought you were a hard man. No. He's a loving God. We have to share his love with the world. Why are we on every day? Sharing his love with God's people to strengthen them in the faith. And you know, the Lord just reminded me a few days ago, tell them that they need to share the gospel. Time is running out. Nobody ought to to reach heaven and find out, you know what, I messed up. I didn't know. We have to tell them. This is truly the second commandment in action, loving your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely. Because you receive the love of God. Yeah. And once you've received the love of God, you can't help Loving your neighbor is sharing the salvation of God with them. That's loving your neighbor. Wow. That's amazing. The greatest commandments are what? Love the Lord and your neighbor. You love the Lord by obeying Him, and then you love your neighbor by telling him about the Lord. That's amazing, because I think sometimes people can get it confused when it says love your neighbor as yourself, but it's really the love of God for you, for what he did for you on the cross, and sharing that. You know, today, today, sadly, uh, by the way, how long have we been going? Because I haven't even been paying attention. It's okay, let's just keep talking. (laughs) But today, it's become so political in the church, in this country, in the West, where it's no longer about the gospel. It's no longer about Jesus. It's about politics. It's about other things. And there's division today over the serious things inside the church because we haven't focused on the lost. And let me tell you something. I don't think it is right to look at unbelievers as though they are not worthy of salvation. You know, when I was, when I was in the hospital, And I saw those nurses take care of me. Very few of them were really Christians. Very few were born again. I think maybe one or two. That was in California. But my whole mentality changed about the way I see people now. But the thing that God has commanded us to do is preach to all creatures. We were lost once, all of us. Yes, sir. We were just like them. Someone had to tell us, thank God they did. Amen. And here we are. So, God gave me a burden for the lost that was so incredible one time. I was standing during winter at 48 Crossbow Crescent in Toronto. That's where we lived. Living with my family at the time. That was before I was married. And in the snow, was snowing so so high and so thick and so so much. The snow had piled up quite a bit. And I see this young man walking in the middle of the snow that was quite high. I just saw his head walking by. They had cleared some of it on the walkway, you know. And he's walking with snow on both sides. And it was snowing, and a burden hit me for him. I began crying out for his soul. Wow. Never knew who he was. 
didn't know his name. I'm, I'm looking through my window, looking at that snow falling, and I see this, this young man walking, freezing, looked like he was really cold. And my heart just, something just came into my soul. The love of God began to just, it was like a river coming out of me, you know. And in those crusades, every single time, the, the, I don't know if I can even describe the feeling when they came down to, to receive the Lord. There was nothing like it. And I'm still, I'm still at it. We have to. We have to preach the gospel, tell the world about the Lord. What else before we say bye and pray with them? You you probably have a whole long list. Oh, I, I know we can go all day. But well, ask this, me again. This has been precious. Uh, What's next on your phone? Well, I, I, how how are we to? Because he wrote all the questions on his phone. Oh, by the way, we went we went away from him a long oh, time. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, I'm loving this. Go uh, ahead, go ahead. Just letting the Lord lead. It's it's amazing. But how are we to preach the gospel? Not just in word, but in deed, in our homes, our families, our jobs. What does that look like? How important is that? We have to win them with our conduct. You know, words are meaningless without a life that is lived for the Lord. I mean, you know, we have loved ones, you and I I'm talking about, yeah. that don't know the Lord. And we've had d- talks about this, you, you and I have, about our families and sometimes, you know, you speak to them and they just kind of stare at you or they say things that uh, are hurtful or sometimes they say things that are worldly. And there's only one thing we've come to the conclusion. I've, I've come to that conclusion years and years ago. But every so often, we all have to be reminded, it's the life you live. You can't preach the gospel because, uh, or you you cannot preach it without living the life, because we cannot give away what we don't have. Wow. We only wow. can give away what God gave us. So if I talk but I don't have it, nobody's gonna get, nobody's gonna get to even listen to me. Nobody's gonna receive what I say. So the gospel isn't just words. Paul the, uh, the Apostle said, you are, you are the ones that I can show for what I've done. You are my book. Wow. You are my life. You are the witness. You know, I don't have to prove to you that I'm a real Apostle. My Apostleship is seen in you because he lived the life. And he said, be imitators of me. Look at my life and follow it. So uh, it's very important that we give them time to know us, those who know us, like family and friends. But I think that the time has come now, too, to just go to the malls and go to places where you can look at people and talk to them, give them a track, go somewhere where, you know, you can do it. I don't know, there are places today they won't let you, like they used to back in the 70s. Back in the 70s, we would always go to the mall on Saturday and, and pass tracts out to people. And the majority of them were thankful and received it. 
um, and just then some wanted to talk and others then wouldn't, did not want to talk. But I think the time has come. We need to be aggressive, yeah. lovingly aggressive, and with wisdom and meekness to go and give them something, maybe uh, the New Testament. It would be wonderful if God's people who are watching us can order some good uh, Christian mm-hmm. uh, material, yeah. like the four laws and you know other things like that. Uh, 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 build uh, their, uh, uh, you know, there's other ministries too, of course, but uh, uh, you know, Campus Crusade, uh, Dr. Bill Bright's ministry. Uh, you can get hold of them and they can give you all kinds of material to help or even YWAM. Yeah. But I think it's time we really uh, get the get the word out. Amen. Be steadfast. Steadfast. And you yeah. said something really important that you said it quick. But you said many people received it well. There there were some though that you didn't see the harvest. You know, you've been a Christian for 50 years. You've witnessed to millions and millions of people. Uh, in the beginning, you, hand out, you, had, you were handing out tracts and you went on to preach in a state, uh, in a service of three million. But in between all of that, I know your heart was the same. And I know that sometimes, though, you never saw the harvest. You were planting seed, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't see the harvest. Or you were trying to plant seed, it wasn't received well. How important it is to keep our heart focused, to, to not be discouraged when okay, those things happen. Because our our responsibility is to is to sow the seed. Yeah, God will do the rest. Amen. So even if we don't see the harvest, it doesn't mean it's not working. Come on. In time, they will receive. And I'm going to tell you something. If God, I should say, when the Lord gives you a burden to pray for someone, it's because they're already in the book of life. Or otherwise, you wouldn't pray for them. That's powerful. When you have a burden, when God gives you a burden, I, I, was, I was watching a few days ago on YouTube the testimony of a, an ex-Muslim from Africa and he talked about how when he was in school he and other uh, friends would beat a young man would mock him and physically beat him and one time they almost left him dead on the ground and then years later years later this man this same man who used to beat this other gentleman was deathly sick in the hospital. Wow. And he was still a Muslim. He wasn't saved. And a, and, a, and a man walked in. And some lady had come to him prior and said, so and so, God is using him with, uh, in the healing ministry. And would you, would you let us bring him to pray for you? And he was dying, so what could he say? Right. He said, of course, bring him. And this was years years later and there walks in that gentleman and prayed for him and and he and he was healed Praise gloriously God. healed wow like it was a I'd, I'd love to show it to you by yes, the way sir. anyways this testimony and then he looks at him and said do you remember me and he stared at him and kept looking he said and he told him who he was he said, I'm the kid you used to beat. I'm the one that you almost left dead. Wow. But he said, I have prayed for you ever since. And now that same man is a preacher of the gospel. 
because of that man who prayed for him. Amazing. For years. This went on for years where he just kept praying for that man who hated him. And now God healed him through his ministry. And it, it turned out to be that same young boy. He was a boy then that they used to meet in school because he didn't give up. So he saw the harvest. Hallelujah. But think about, think about the fact he kept praying. The years of sowing. Oh, we, when it comes to salvation, we don't stop praying for them. Yeah. We don't stop praying for them. Can I ask you one more thing? Yes, but let this be the last question. Last question. Yeah. When we see someone saved, is there anything you'd, you'd say to them, advise them? Yes. Tell them after? I would immediately tell them three things. Number one, they have to read the Word of God. Otherwise, they will not be grounded. Hmm. So rather than reading books, they need to read the Bible. And to begin with the Gospel of Matthew. And to read first the New Testament. Hmm. Don't read the Old Testament first. Read the New Testament first as a young believer. Because we all have to start with milk. Skim milk. And then you go on to meat. Because Old Covenant is meat. And the New Testament, it's easy to begin with. Number two, talk to the Lord while you read the Word. And number three, they have to find a church to fellowship with the saints. These are the three main things people need to do continually to stay strong in the Lord, especially in these days. And yet, you know, you see today people who don't want to be in church, they're afraid to be in church for some reason, and that does not help them spiritually. So, and that's what I would tell them, and I tell them that, I've told them that for years, but I'm going to add one more thing too. The, The time has come now to literally detach yourself from the world and do exactly what Paul said to Timothy, that a soldier of Jesus should not be entangled in the affairs of this life. So I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful time. I pray, Lord, that you will use every single one listening to us to be a mighty lighthouse a mighty vessel of your kingdom, that they will reach many for you, Lord, in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. But Lord, we know that our time is running out. So anoint them and use them for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, thanks for joining me. Tomorrow we have healing service, so please join us. Uh, It'll be on all the platforms. And it'll be also on Zoom, by the way. So you can join us on Zoom tomorrow. Well, it's time to give to the Lord's work. You want to do that part? If you'd like it, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Well, talk, talk to the camera right yeah. there. It's all yours. This is of utmost importance. And I'm, I'm speaking to many of you who are maybe double my age, maybe three times my age. And you may be thinking, what is this young man going to tell me about giving? Well, I know this. What's happened with you when you sowed? Absolutely. And I know when sowing in good ground, how important it is to sow in good ground. And you know, when you're sowing today, friends, know that you're sowing into a ministry that is truly ordained by God. So when you're giving to the Lord through this ministry of Pastor Benny, that you're sowing into not only the work of the Lord, but also the relationship with God. You see, it's good soil. 
It's good. So I know for my life, take a take a step back. I didn't ask you to say any of this. None of this. This no. is off the cuff. We'll say it. I was hoping you would share with them what God has done for you financially when you sowed seed. There's been times when you sowed seed when oh, yeah. God told you. Yeah. And you had like miracles happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, from little to small, I'm grateful. The Lord will. T- the Lord has taken care of me. I'm so grateful to the Lord. But I, I want to say that when you take a step back, and imagine, you know, I know for me, I feel deep roots going into me through this ministry. Pastor Benny just talked about skim milk, meat. I feel deep roots going into me. I feel established in the truth of God's word. I want like you I never to pray. I want you to pray for them right now before yeah. uh, we we say bye. So go pray. I'll, I'll I'll agree with you that the Lord will meet their financial needs. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. That it is more blessed to give than to, to receive. That Lord, we thank you for everything we've received through this ministry of Pastor Bennyhan. And we thank you for what we will receive, Lord, through this. And God, I thank you for not only blessing them spiritually, Lord, and emotionally and physically, Lord, but blessing Amen, their Lord. finances, Lord. Amen, blessing Lord. them, Lord. You Amen, care about Lord. every aspect of our lives, Lord. Yes, you are Lord. a good shepherd, Lord. You are a father. We love you, Lord. And we trust you. So as we give today, we're saying, Lord, I trust you. My whole life is yours. And I promise you, Saint, he will not fail you. So, Father, I thank you for a quick miracle for those in need of a financial breakthrough tomorrow, Lord. Let it be done according to your will. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, you can sow right on the platform you're watching us on or go to benihin.org or simply text BHM45777. I really enjoyed this today. It's an honor. It's where we haven't we, we haven't done that in the studio. We did it in a car here and there. Yeah. Okay. Much love to you. And tomorrow I'll see you, healing service. Bye bye.